0: Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage for Millennials podcast. It is 1152 a.m. on November 23rd, so thanks for listening again, or if you're new, hello there. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of for Millennials.com a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase and what this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I am not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. Now before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the conversation going with me at the end of this podcast as well as some housekeeping for the site. This is going to be posted on the site marriagemillennials.com. so if you have any questions, feel free to comment on that post, or you can visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials, and we can have a discussion there. Um, My Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle, that's at R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M, so feel free to talk with me and follow me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so you won't miss a beat. You won't miss a podcast. Just type in Marriage for Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it'll pop up. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, I've created the Dating Detox, which is my first crash course that teaches you how to dish a dating game and create your single strategy. So feel free to head to the site to check that out. Uh, again, I always want to thank the people who have already downloaded it. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you liked or even what you didn't like. Again, it's free. And it is for everyone from the single and content to the many of you that may be desiring a godly relationship. So, go cop that. Alrighty guys, let's jump in. Hello, hello, hello and happy Thanksgiving Eve to you guys, right? I don't know about you, but I'm so ready for some ham tomorrow. Like, my mom is cooking it um, tomorrow morning and she's gonna give me my own ham, so I'm pretty excited about that. (laughs) I'm so, so ready, you guys don't even understand. Every year I look forward to it, and every year I'm satisfied my mom makes the best ham. So yeah, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, but I'm so ready for some ham. But yeah guys, so back to the topic at hand. This week I wanna talk about college career resentment. While the holidays are great times where families get together, It's also the times where families get together, meaning that it's a time where everyone wants to meddle into your business, right? Are you dating? When are you getting married? How is school? What are you studying again? Even though I know you already told me 50 times, is there any money in that career? You know, I don't think you should do, you know, any and every other question family will bring themselves to ask. Now, I don't want to beat a dead horse, guys, and I don't want to say what has been said many times before. I think that, you know, there are enough podcasts, enough books, enough social media posts that tell you how to deal with your family when they ask about relationship questions. So I don't really want to discuss that. What I want to talk about, though, is what happens when your career choice is a topic of concern during family time? Or maybe the accolades of another family member is a topic of concern and maybe you start to feel jealous. How do we answer the, you know, how is school question when you don't even know why you're there? You know, and maybe your program is taking longer than usual or maybe you simply don't know what you want to do. Or maybe you feel like there is no career that fits what you want to do. What happens even when you've crossed the stage, received your diploma and are still feeling career resentment because you're not fulfilled? And lastly, how can our families have educated us better about college and degrees? And what do we tell the families we will create in the future about college? So whether we realize it or not, our career is up there in the top five things in our lives that mean the most to us, right? The Bible even encourages a hard worker. We are biologically kind of programmed, especially men, to kind of go after it, get our own, and provide some type of income for ourselves, right? Hopefully in something that you're passionate about. You know, besides our love for Christ, our spouse, our family, our friends, our careers, they're what they're what make us us. You know, it is what makes us feel like we are bringing value to the world and it's what financially brings value to our home. So after high school, we do the whole rigmarole. We go to college in hopes to get that piece of paper that is basically the golden ticket to beginning that value which we wish to create. On your way to college, you always hear people say, go, you're gonna have a blast. College will be the best years of your life. You get to find out what you do like and what you don't like and all that jazz, right? But what happens when college teaches you that you don't like anything? (laughs) Or if you're like me, college teaches you that you like to do a little bit of everything. In college, I did a lot of things, you know, leadership, classes planning leadership and women's conferences volunteer work mission work president and vice president of organizations etc all that but it was when it was all said and done I still had those failure-like feelings that we all have when I came out of college so what is happening or what is not happening pre-college that is hurting us during and post-college first thing Families and career knowledge. Nowadays, in most family structures, you know, as long as, like, your pinky toe is on the concrete of a college campus, you know, your family just automatically looks at you as a hero, right? Oh, my gosh, you know, most people in our family wouldn't make it out of college. Some of you guys are even first-generation college students, and, you know, your parents really value that. And, you know, while that is honorable, it is also sometimes crippling. Reason why is because most families are teaching us that college is good, this great thing to go to, but they're not really putting you in a position to excel because, you know, they're just content with the idea that we're even there. So as a result, you know, we don't have fulfilling jobs. Most of us don't know how to get through that. We end up living check to check without the proper education, and the cycle therefore just continues to our children and so forth and so forth. Now, I know that most people will say and think that college is that position to excel, but hear me out. Because there's a big difference between going to college and doing college, right? How many of us are researching the market of the careers we want to pursue? And I'm not talking about, you know, going on Glassdoor, Indeed, and searching up the average salaries. But I'm talking about the average hires in that field per your state or your country. Now, of course, you have those careers like medicine, law, economics, engineering, things like that, that are, in a way, always looking for someone. But everyone doesn't necessarily fall into that category. Like, I know I, I didn't. And there are people who are successful who are not doctors, lawyers. Um, connoisseurs in economics and engineering right but because of lack of education what you end up having is a bunch of business administration general studies or undecided majors that basically tell employers I have no idea what I was doing this whole time but uh can you hire me though (laughs) right (laughs) and So more than likely, what happens is you're struggling to find a job. And even if you do get hired, the employer is usually lowballing you because they know that you're just so happy to have a job that you'll take a crappy pay, crappy salary. Right. I say all this to say, you know, you don't just send your child out into the wilderness and then get upset when they get attacked by an animal. You know, in this case, the animal being the real world. So to sometimes minimize the richer-get-richer idea in our families to come, what our society needs is more education on how to maximize our college years. We shouldn't just be simply content with the fact that we are there. What are we doing while we're there is the question and the concern that we need to have. Two, test the waters. During education, test waters. One thing I was really thankful for was the many times that I was involved in other things that would one day help me in my careers. I was used to public speaking, shooting and producing videos, working with graphics, writing, you name it. Everything media related I could do, right? When other people were buying superficial, superficial things with their refund checks, I was buying equipment because I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I still even do it now, like for my birthday. I'm not going to ask Sam for some clothes or some perfume. I'm going to ask him for a microphone to, to to have a better podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way I think. As a result of that, now you guys listen to me speak publicly via podcast. Um, you know, I have my own camera studio, camera lights, the umbrellas, everything. I have my own backdrops. I create my own content and I do my own graphics for the site. You know, I can talk about leadership because I got my my hands dirty and I did it for years. And not only that, I can set myself apart from any other intern or candidate for a job because of the other skills and resources that I have. It allows me to possibly get the job because not only do I have the experience, I can add value to that employer's business because of the other skills and resources that I have that that employer now does not have to pay for because they have me. At the end of the day, it's all business. You know, get my drift? I get to provide more value to everything I do, which further increases my chances for success, and I would have never have been able to do that had I not tested the waters and figured out what I love to do. Studies first, for sure, but test the waters. Three, there is light at the end of the tunnel, folks. There always is. You know, After you pursue things, one day a light switch is going to go off and you will find your way. But the key phrase here I do want to stress is actively pursue. We all know that faith without works is dead and it's not just going to fall into your lap, right? I'm also not saying that the path is going to be easy, breezy, beautiful, right? But the light is there. And as you grow, things always fall into place and you should have a peace about that. You shouldn't necessarily be running around letting it consume you, letting it get you depressed, letting you feel like your self-esteem and your confidence is low. It's always going to work out when you're actively pursuing things. You know, although career resentment sucks, sometimes at a certain point, we become our own stumbling blocks and we need to get out of our own way in order to get where we're going. So remember that. Last thing. You can serve God in many ways. A lot of times, our culture can make it seem like there are only a couple ways to success, and sometimes a Christian culture can do that the same thing. You know, this is the best way you can be a Christian wife. This is the best way you can serve God because of this, right? For example, there are some women that really, really have a desire to serve God as the homemaker. As a Proverbs 31 woman, they want to cook, they want to clean, they want to raise their kids, right? And I really hate the fact that there is such a negative connotation associated with stay-at-home moms. It's funny, I always hear women, you know, talking about how they don't want to be a traditional woman, radical feminism, this, this, this. And I sit and I think, why are you guys acting as though you guys are the minority? Like, you know what the minority is now? The women who want to stay home and take care of their kids, that's the minority. So stop complaining, you know what I mean? So yeah, I really hate that there's a negative connotation associated with stay-at-home moms and society has made that woman feel less than just because she wants to raise the kids that she chose to bring into the world. You can serve God by doing just that. It doesn't take the top of the totem pole of your career, big old CEO. It doesn't take all of that. You can serve God right at your home. I know that I want to be a doctor of medical psychology, but I also know that I want to be an entrepreneur and a stay-at-home mom. So i researched. Not only that, Sam wants me to be a stay-at-home mom too. So we both researched together, and we've kind of created a life that if we get married, here's what we will do so that I can do all of those things. Now, some of it will be sacrifice. Some of it won't be. But it's our life, and it works for us. Now, on the flip side, there are women who do not necessarily have the privilege to be a stay-at-home mom, or maybe they just don't want to, Um, you know, and in their careers, they can serve God as well. Point is, stop trying to have this cookie-cutter career and life and do what works with your family, because I think when you try to do what society is doing what society deems as what we should be doing that's when you start to get stressed about your career and that's when you start to resent the fact that you had people in your family who maybe didn't educate you or maybe you're upset with yourself that you didn't educate yourself and you wasted a bunch of years in college and you have a lot of debt as a result of it right so just remember that as you are enjoying the holidays, even Christmas to come. Remember those things. Let's practice, ladies. So what exactly are you going to do or say when your family asks you the career question? What do you say when you're struggling with the heartbreak of your career? How do you handle that? Here's what you say, ladies. Here's what you do. You be fearlessly honest and be confident enough to say that you're continuing to walk the path that God has created for you while actively pursuing what it is that you desire. Well, that's all I have for you today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, remember, this is going to be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com, so feel free to direct all questions, concerns there or Facebook backslash MFMillennials. Feel free to follow me on Twitter or IG. That's going to be Rochelle Ham, rochelleham And uh, feel free to chat with me there, too. Um, Remember, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you won't miss a beat. Just type in Marys Millennials and the iTunes search bar will pop up. Guys, to wrap this up, as always, I hope you have a great rest of the week. And remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for, the first thing being that you're alive. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat some turkey. Eat some ham like I'll be doing. Stuffing. All that jazz. Do it for me, guys. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. Love you, ladies. Take care. Bye. Hey, guys. Rochelle here. Just coming to you with a PSA, a public service announcement. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of info on the songs you hear on this podcast. The first one, the intro, is Myron Butler, Set Me Free. That's my jam. The second one you're listening to right now is KB Drowning. Both Christian artists that I thought were not only great for the podcast, but great in general. Listen to the songs, learn the lyrics, love them as much as I do, and if you love them as much as I do, purchase them. Feel free to support your local and mainstream Christian artists. Alrighty, take care. about my status status. am i making people jealous jealous. i know i ain't happy i know know. never found joy i can only find his taxes i'm